0: Welcome to a football show. We're trying out some new stuff today on the show. His name. We're is-
1: already sick of each other in the studio, so we're now cornered. We've been sequestered to
0: opposite ends of the room. I feel like I'm in a, a white box here. What's in the box? What's in the box? Welcome to the show, Monday edition. We have an announcement for you guys coming up momentarily, so we'll get to that in just a second. Obviously, Titans' full first padded practice of training camp, so we're going to get to that today. On the show, lots of Malik Willis talk, lots of Ryan Tannehill talks. So we'll get to the quarterbacks who we liked on Monday at Titans practice. There were some names that definitely stood out, offensive and defensive line. Go head to head. I know Zach, you had a wonderful evening on on Saturday. I went to a soccer match with my five year old. I tried to avoid everything that happened at Nissan Stadium, but it sounds like you had a wonderful evening. So we'll get a review from SummerSlam. So <laughs> see, this is my favorite type of show when my co-host I can't when, when my co-host can't doesn't talk to me. That's, that's That's my favorite part of the show. All right, so how about this? How about this? Um, uh, Producer Sean needs to get to the microphones. I will go ahead with what what's coming up on the show. As you heard, obviously we are still here, technically in the Cast Collective studio on Music Row. So make sure you check it out as we watch. As I hope all of you are enjoying watching Zach (laughs) fumble with. i know this is this is exactly what uh the announcement was all about was uh we're gonna try shooting <laughs> shooting shows in the same exact uh place in the same exact room cast collective studio if you want to book the space it is a great audio video space despite the current <laughs> situation that we are in um all right so uh build is our title sponsor kingston group has been a sponsor with 440 sports for, the, for over a year and a half now they are wonderful and amazing people uh, of course, buildkg.com is the website, so go check them out. Uh, that is, you know, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They're not going anywhere. They are a big part of the show, and we love you guys and we love them for it. Again, buildkg.com is the website. However, we are proud. <laughs> we we are proud to announce. This is exactly how we planned on doing it, by the way. We are proud to announce a new sponsor on the show a football show, Mondays and Thursdays. Usually, Zach and I are in the same room, on the same screen. Uh, and our new sponsor, hundred almost 100 years of business, business in Nashville, locally owned business that have been serving the community for almost 100 years. They will deliver right to your doorstep in as quickly as 20 minutes. And if you go in and use 440, you'll get a 10% discount. Who who am I talking about, Zach, you might ask from the other side of the room without a microphone. (laughs) We are talking about Weiss Liquors, baby. Check that out. Weiss Liquors right there. One of the most recognizable signs in all of Nashville. The big, colorful, beautiful neon sign right there on Gallatin on Main Street right there. The closest liquor store to the Titan Stadium, to Nissan Stadium. So you're home for pregame needs, postgame needs, tailgate needs, all the stuff you could use. 440. Use the name 440. When you go in, you'll get 10% off everything you buy. And here's the bigger, more important part. Uh, Aside from the fact that they are, of course, uh, aside from the fact that, of course, they're locally owned for 100 years. Here's the thing. Here is the thing. Uber Eats. Search Weiss Liquors. Just go search Weiss Liquors. You will have stuff delivered directly to your house. Directly to your house. You will have booze sent to your house. Go to Uber Eats. Can't beat that, and I'm back, baby. I'm back. Go to Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, and they will deliver the booze to your doorstep. It's safe, it's smart, it's convenient. Let them drive, so you can drink. Check it out, Weiss
1: Liquors. I just, I just came up with a new catchphrase for that. Let them drive, so you You can drink.
0: (laughs) Weiss Liquors, Uh, through all the technical difficulties, can deliver booze to your doorstep again. Nineteen thirty-two, locally independent-owned. I've been shopping there for over a decade. You should shop there too. Zach, uh, welcome to the show. How are you Zach? buddy? I'm, I'm here, feeling great. Uh, microphone is back on and
1: working. People can hear my lovely voice. Maybe some people really appreciated that they could
0: not hear me. I think it's probably. I think people wished my microphone went out. Yeah, far more often. Uh, Than you. Okay, so let's uh, first of all, what do you think? Weiss Liquors, huh? Welcome to the show.
1: I'm excited. Uh, You know me, I like to drink, and uh, I like to uh, be able to head to a place where that I know that's going to be around, right? You always know that liquor store is going to be around, and what better way to uh, ring in the show with complete chaos welcoming a sponsor?
0: (laughs) This is what you signed up for, Weiss. Yeah. This is what you signed up for. <laughs> yeah. I think we were very graceful for, through the whole thing. I think we have been. And uh, again, check them out. Obviously, Kingston Group is a great part of this. Have been supporting 440 Sports. Now Weiss is on board. Did I, you mention the ten percent off? Ten. Per, I did. I did. All right. Ten percent off. You go into Weiss Liquors and you say 440 Sports. If they have Skinny Girl off. Margaritas,
1: you know the the pre made margarita mix is one of Lauren's uh, favorite uh, kind of margarita
0: mix that has the tequila already in it. Uh, I may be going to utilize that 10% today. Basically, what a football show buys you is now no more tax for all your liquor needs. You don't need any more tax. There you go. You're never going to pay tax again if you never. go to Weiss Liquors. And again, Uber Eats. Search Weiss Liquors. It'll come right to your, wherever you work. Maybe you could have it boost into your office, maybe. Maybe maybe that's what you want to do. I don't I don't know where you might work where that would be successful. But it hey, could. listen.
1: But it could. O- everybody in Conan O'Brien's office when he had his uh, TBS show, the last show going, they all like had like liquor at their desk, Good. and and he discovered it, and they they someone even had it marked. So I I'm all for workplace uh, drinking.
0: All right, you want to talk some football now? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's talk some football. Full full pads on Monday. So much fun. Uh, energy levels different. And Vrabel has done this in the past, Zach, but he routinely. First day of padded practice. Very first drill. Five seconds after stretching, we're going full team eleven on eleven. Love it. And it's it's what he's done for years. He did it again. It sort of let the, guys are amped up. Guys are ready to go. So they kind of let the steam out of the pot a little bit. Um, but in general, a couple takeaways: offensive line lost to the defensive line in general. I'm not not any one particular player. Uh, for example, I know you're interested in Aaron Brewer. Um, the, that the interior of the offensive line pushed around a little bit by T.R. Tart. Some of that is to be expected. When you have your first day of padded practice and players are extra physical and extra ready to go, uh, and you have a new offensive line working together, but I, I think one of the one of the main takeaways was that the, that the defensive line played pretty well and were ahead of the offensive line. If you're going to give a W, Zach, it was it would be defensive line one, offensive line zero. Now Ben Jones missed the
1: majority of the first part of the practice too, and I think someone said that he came in on eleven on elevens at, yep. at the end. Um, did that change the offensive line, defensive line
0: dynamic? Uh, uh, not not much, because that actually that's the period where it was most noticeable. Oh. Um, but again, I don't think it is one. So Ben Jones washed is what you're
1: saying. Just <laughs> writing, just need to make sure I write my notes down. Braden said Ben Jones is washed brings down the entire offensive line unit. Are you done? Yes.
0: Um, I I I think it's just like we're going to get to the offense and the one on ones. Receivers should win those, right? It's, a, right. it's an offense. It's a drill geared towards the offense. I think a lot of times your first couple of padded practices, your defensive line should, as good as this Titans defensive line is, they should be winning a lot of those battles. Right. And Isn't
1: that really what it all boils down to? They're the unit. Obviously, the biggest unit, I think, with the most question marks is definitely the offensive line, right? Yes. So the one with the least amount of question marks is the <laughs> defensive line. So, really, when you look at it that way, the defensive line should be dominating this offensive line that is fairly new. Dylan Raidens uh didn't hear his name called out in good or bad so that's usually a good sign that he at least did his job adequately.
0: Yeah, and it, again it's hard to to tell. Uh Rashad Weaver had a really good day. The edge the edge guys had a pretty good I mean like again, I was focused more on the interior because I think Brewer is just gotcha. so easy. Like it's first of all you can just tell who he is because he's so much smaller than everybody else. Um, which again, we know how athletic the left side of the offensive line is going to be. The question is going to be does he hold up against big guys and does does the other team start to migrate their best defensive lineman to find Aaron Brewer, right? Like is right. that is that what's going to happen? Is it everyone's going to start with their best lineman on Aaron Brewer to against especially in rundown situations or is it just pass pro that is? Like I don't I don't know yet. I think that's going to be yet to be seen. Raidens, you know, it feels like they've they've given Nicholas Petit for some opportunities, but it feels like Raiden's is still clearly, uh, you know, clearly the guy at right tackle. Uh, the question I, I still just, I still just don't know how good the overall group is. I mean, like for example, and you probably won't for a
1: while, right? Because I mean, Aaron Brewer wasn't there for the full OTAs, and then you're gonna have probably Raiden's and NPF kind of rotating in and out. It seems like your veterans will probably have a little bit of rest days here and there, so they're rotating in and out. Yeah. So it may. You may not get a full grasp until Tampa Bay at the earliest. I don't even know if you'll get a full grasp at Arizona who they
0: see first. Well, and I only say that because I think you're right. It's too soon. But I say that at the same time without trying to overreact one way or the other. Like offensive line wasn't great in one day. Right. But also, I don't want to overreact the other way and say the receiving core has been has looked very good. Yeah, like it, there are a bunch of young players. They're they're young. The secondary is young as well. They're both very talented. Only and one
1: interception talent. thrown. So even if the offensive line is getting dominated by the defensive line, there's only been one real mistake thrown, and that was because a receiver fell. And we'll get to that later. But it doesn't seem like maybe the offensive line is really going to hold them back. I kind of see the run game maybe being the first hurdle to actually overcome cuz it yeah. seems like a lot of people were getting stopped short. Yeah, they didn't and, run the ball well on Monday. Yeah, but no Derrick Henry. So, you know, you got to kind of look at it in a bunch of different ways. That's the beauty of being able to have a show like this where everybody's going to could tell you you can only see a tweet that says, "Oh, Malik threw an interception, it was a 100-yard pick-six thrown by Shakir <laughs> Brown." Well, that same tweet with the, with doesn't. The wide even, receiver, with the wide receiver that's. Yeah, slipped. but only one tweet actually said that, and that was Ben Arthur's tweet said something about the. Um, about Brendan Lewis falling down. Everybody else just hammered that point home. So it's good to have yeah. someone like us, uh, a show that you can go and trust that tells you, okay, the run game wasn't that great, but hey, Derrick Henry wasn't there. Right. The offensive line isn't going to look that good against this defensive line because this is one of the best defensive
0: lines in football. So. Yep. Yeah. And and Hilliard Hilliard had a nice run early in the yep. very first session. Um, and and obviously Malik Willis on that interception, the, the one you're talking about where Brandon Lewis slipped, he he was pulled out of the game the next play. So um, also, also some context there as well. I, again, we couldn't really tell because of our vantage point, it was on the middle field. We couldn't tell exactly, was it the receiver's fault or was it the throw that was bad? That was trickier to tell. Uh, but again, context here uh, for sure. But again, I, the energy was great. It was fun. The pads were popping. There wasn't too many. There, I didn't see any fights, any skirmishes like we had over the weekend, where you know Nate Davis and, and Jeffrey Simmons are getting together. Um, I just, it's, it's not time to overreact about the offensive line, but it's the one position group I would be concerned about. And then at the same time, don't overreact with how good the secondary has looked, how good the defensive line has looked, how good the receiving core has looked, tight ends included in all of that package. Um, so it's sort of just like temper, temper everything. There's one play in team. Where the interior offensive line got blown up. One was a running play, and the second one was—I want to say it was Ola Dennehy, who just sliced in. And if it's a real game, that's like a torn ACL for Ryan Tannehill because it's his throwing—it's his plant leg where he steps and throws. And he was coming in, and if it's a real play, they're colliding, and it's a—it's a bad situation. So the the offensive line's got some work to do, but—but still early. So I I propose
1: a different term than pads are popping.
0: Pads are (laughs) popping—that's what everybody says.
1: Oh, the pads are popping. Oh, it's great. Football's back. Let's do the helmets are clanging, a clanging.
0: You got you got to put the uh in there. You got to make Sounds it like a real old a Christmas ol- carol. Helmets
1: are clanging.
0: <laughs> Twelve helmets, clang- I guess yeah. eleven helmets clanging. Yeah, there you go. Twenty-two um, helmets clanging. There you, there, there you go. There you go. There you have it. Um, all right. So real quickly, Traylon Burks, because he's had a pretty good week and a half of camp. Um, I think Robert Woods. It's a real is- rags to riches story. <laughs> come come from behind. Come from behind. Yeah. Cinderella story. Um, obviously Robert Woods has had a pretty good camp in there on almost all team and seven on seven drills. Um, so do you want me to just rave on Traylon Burks for a second and then get to some of the lower receivers, or how do you want me to do this? Well, uh, I
1: kind of want to talk about it in this sense. So we saw pretty much the offense dominate without pads on, and the big question was can they continue that domination with pads on? Because that, you know, can Cal Phillips still snatch up some ankles? Can, yes, um, the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Can uh, McCreary rebound? Will we hear a lot about Christian Fulton Caleb Farley? And, like we heard about them all through the first week of training camp where they were getting burned or they were getting owned pretty much. Seemed to be that, again, kind of like the Dylan Raidens thing, nobody talked about Caleb Farley. Nobody talked about Christian Fulton. It doesn't seem like their players were particularly targeted in these offensive plays because it looks like they did their job, which is what you want to hear. That to me, is what I would take away from training camps most for over the last few years is if I don't hear uh, if I don't hear Christian Fulton's name or Caleb Farley's name called, unless it's a pass breakup, that means they're just doing their job.
0: yeah, no, I agree I agree with that. Now I will say this McCreary, Roger McCreary got Ooh, boy, but but hit, but over the weekend, though what what happened is, and this is to your point earlier about why you listen to a show like this, we like to think is the one internet video you saw was Traylon Burks, you know, manhandling him and it, and Burks looked great. And then I think there's one other one, but the vast majority of Roger McCurry's practices over the weekend were very, very good. He was very good. He was very good on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday of last week, or Wednesday and Thursday of last week. And he was exceptional on Monday full pads. I think he had five passes break broken up. He is the, the quickness, the positioning, the football IQ. It is all there. It is all obvious. And we're going. He's going head to head with Traylon Burks a lot. Burks also had a, another really good day. So it's it's possi- stacking
1: practices, and that's what this yeah. team has always co- talked about. The Vrabel in particular, S- keep on stacking practices, and if you keep on stacking practices like these two guys are doing, I've said it before, and I'm not saying and cementing that this is going to be as good as the 2019 draft class. But the way that this class is trending, it's a lot closer to the 2019 draft class than any of the previous two draft classes in 2020
0: and 2021. Yeah, I no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, McCreary just looks the part already and was, was exceptional uh, in, in full padded situations. I do think, like, again, we have to – one-on-one drills are designed f- for the offense. Full padded practices, 11-on-11, especially in goal line because the field is limited, are going to obviously be geared towards the defense especially a defensive line and offensive lines that don't have pa- that finally you're getting pads on. This is why I think the 7 on 7 in the red zone is the most one of the most interesting drills because you're going to get some of that drill helps the defense, some of that drill helps the offense. The fact that there's no pass rush helps the offense. Okay. The fact that there's a back end line on the end zone helps the defense. So it's actually a really good kind of let's go head to head as a full collection of 7 on 7 we're going to take away four or five offensive and defensive linemen. And Burks had a really good day. Roger McCurry had a really good day. Let's talk about as much as you
1: can talk about the play of the day that had people doing double takes, double looks, gasps, everything that is associated with, oh, my God, I can't believe this play just happened. Now, obviously, I think the, the caveat is, and most of your negative Nancys would look at this way, and I don't look at it this way. In fact, I threatened to kick someone out of the chat that did think of it this way, but it's Zach Cunningham. But from what I've heard, Zach Cunningham was real tight in coverage, and he had to body – Traylon Burks had to body Zach Cunningham to get the ball.
0: So, first and – yes, that's accurate. First and foremost, we said this on Thursday, so this is not based on anything I saw It's more victory laps. So we're talking about stacking up good days. We we keep on stacking up good shows. We told you on Thursday that this offensive collection of people with Burks and Okonkwu and a couple other guys could be incredibly creative and incredibly versatile in how they line them up. They are using this is as much as I could say, they are using Traylon Burks in a lot of different situations. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot of different situations.
1: And, Would you say um in more unique uses or situations that you not you had yet to see AJ Brown be used in?
0: Um, anything maybe. anything different maybe. In, okay. Maybe. Um just just I'm just trying to just <laughs> trying to get you to slip up and you, get that email from Titan. If you watch Traylon Burks at Arkansas, he did a lot of things, and we know he's returning punts, or he's he's back there with a group of guys returning punts, working on it. Seems like Kyle Phillips has the lead,
1: and I'm switching a little bit. But it seems like Kyle Phillips has the lead in that department, and Boy, Kinsey
0: dude, so. Kinsey's involved in that, and they had uh, Brandon Lewis was involved in that today um, as well. And but like if you go back and you watch. <laughs> As Donnie t- chimes in that John Glennon told everybody on Twitter on an accident. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what John Glennon said, so I don't want to. I don't want to go any further. Again, just Traylon Burks threw a bunch of passes at Arkansas. He ran the ball at Arkansas. He caught the ball at Arkansas. He returned like he did all of that stuff at Arkansas. So it's natural to assume with his body type. I, again, my what I would what I would love to see him do. And again, they didn't do this, so I'm not letting any secrets out here. I would love to see him used as an H back in like a 12 or 13 personnel package where you can use him in motion. Now, here's the key, Zach, to that. You have to run the football with him in that situation enough so that you can then use it as a pass so, weapon.
1: So well, use him like the 49ers are using Debo Samuel. This is kind of how you should equate this is that... while Or, Kyle, or maybe, even Kyle check. Yeah, maybe he's not a uh, used as much in that situation, But he will be, he can be what Debo Samuel is, which is what everybody kind of wanted AJ Brown this year to be, was someone who they manufactured touches for. You know how you get touches manufactured for you? You stay consistent and you stay on the field. So hopefully. Traylon Burks continues that trend yep. of stacking those practices and doing that. I love, I love Donnie calling out JG. By the way, that must have been <laughs> who the that. guy that I saw tweet something about how the Texans use Brandon Cooks. He had quote tweeted someone, but it was deleted, so that must have been. I, oh, listen, Johnny G.
0: again, I don't even like care where specifically he lined yeah. up on. As on long Monday. as he's just getting the ball. I, right? But I, what I do love is the skill Creativity. set in a lot of different. Yes, being creative, which is you know the Tim Kelly, Todd Downing. Like there are questions about Todd Downing. There's questions about. How much Tim Kelly's influence and what it's going to look like seems like that's an influence if they were using Brandon Cooks in the same situation. If yeah, there you go. If you wanted to go th- again, totally hypothetical, they didn't do this, but this is me pointing it out. If you wanted to go thirteen, for example, and you wanted to have Burks as the third tight end with the Conku and Hooper, and imagine him as like there's there's two there's a guard tackle tight end, and then you have him kicked back in the backfield, motion him across, backside block for Derrick Henry on off tackle to the right. You do that enough times, the defense is going to think, all right, he's a he's a nice blocker. That's when you can work off of him and do the play action and have him running deep corner routes out of a tight end slot role that's very different or in tight off the line of scrimmage or whatever. So I just think there's there's so much versatility there that they need to get creative. And we saw some of that creativity on Monday, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to track. I said the same thing about Chig. I said the same thing about, about Traylon Burks. They just have so much unique skills that I want to see all that used in, in, in as creative ways as possible.
1: So. Well, you you mentioned him earlier and just, uh, just a little off to the side, a little side over there, but Reggie Roberson seemed to have stacked his first real good day yes. with the pads coming on um, a player that should have probably been drafted if had not been for college injuries they seem to just be okay. He has no limitations, it seems like, as far yep. as physical contact, going through the drills with pads on and everything. Talk about his touchdown, because I heard that he caught it for the back of the end zone, which was a really
0: nice touchdown. Uh, that is not a question, so hashtag talkabout. I will not uh, answer that question, Zach. No. Okay. Um, I want to say this first before we get into Roberson, yeah. but because I will say the offense has been – there's no bad news right now with the offense. I know we just talked about the offensive line, but everybody's healthy. All the rookies seem like they're productive. Ryan Tannehill looks extra motivated. Like to me, in general, Titans fans should be excited about the progress of the offense so far, especially losing AJ Brown. So, uh, by the way, I like that. That's we're 22 minutes into the show. It's the first time we've mentioned his name. By the way, which is good for us.
1: Uh, That's the second time because I asked about Traylon Burks. Do you Uh, think that he was being used more in more unique ways? So, second time technically,
0: but it's football related. Yeah. Yes. Precisely. Yeah, that's the major yeah. difference. No empty calories. Um, so Roberson had a couple of really nice. Again, they go into one-on-ones, and they do it around the goal line. So it's a very difficult drill for the defensive back. So you're not supposed to win a lot of those. So when you do, it's a big deal. Roberson had a couple. What they're doing is a lot of the double move stuff, right? You're going to fake like you're going to the corner. Then you're going to go back to the back of the end zone. Had a beautiful catch. I think he got both feet down. I think. that's We, we, we were arguing about that for a little while. But John Robinson watched the entire drill. He was over there in that group for the entire time watching that drill, studying all these guys going back and forth. Kyle Phillips, here's what I'm going to say. Kyle Phillips' shit is tight, y'all. Like that stuff, he, his footwork, his route running. analysis. He, but it's so tight. It's so tight. Like there's not – if he gives you a double move, you're biting on it.
1: I like that it's, Kevin Byard so showed tight. initiative and was like, "I want a piece of Kyle Phillips." Like that's <laughs> that's how much Kyle Phillips is feasting in some of these yeah. drills. Is that it's starting to get to Kevin Byard a little bit? Like now, now he's ba- like, "You may." And Byard did a good job in the one drill that was shown on video. Might have
0: been, might have been. Uh... Might have been a little, little, of this, been, but, but
1: you know, I th- you never know. I think that's a good sign for Cal Phillips.
0: Roberson Roberson and Phillips to me were the two names that I kind of came away with the one on one drill saying, Man, those guys they're they're good at manipulating the hips and the feet of the defensive backs. I heard
1: that's Des Fitzpatrick thing. was up to his old ways, uh, kind of getting pushed around and then uh, letting his uh, body uh body language sag and get all
0: depressed so they, they dads des- come on confidence leaves <laughs> well De- so des was up for a route yeah and i think they they said like the, I, I don't think it was rob moore i think it might have been a defensive coach who was like get get in there fulton get in there christian and christian got in there and went head to head and then just like bodied him up now it could have been a holding call it could have been they might have thrown a flag on that play. I don't know. I heard he was
1: getting owned by Kenneth
0: George, whoever yeah, that did. guy is. <laughs> I, I, to your point, he did not get any separation. Uh, you know, If they're going to let it play on both sides, then you need to be physical too. Yeah. And Traylon Burks and Nick Westbrook-Akine were very physical in this drill. Also could have been some P- offensive PIs in some of those situations as well. So you kind of just have to let it go and see what happens. Um, and, and Fulton did a great job on, on Dez. So I didn't see the bad body language as much as you're talking about, but – he didn't have as good a drill as, again, Roberson and Phillips are the two I came away with from that drill. Same, man, those guys did some work. And Robinson left the drill kind of chanting a little bit, you know, all right, boys, all right, boy. Like, he seemed like he was he was happy with what he saw. So,
1: Well, speaking of body language, I don't think anybody has better body language than Ryan Tannehill. And we're switching subjects here. We're going to talk about the Titans quarterback room dynamics because it is clear. And I have to give props. If I'm going to bash someone for their takes, if they have good takes, I need to bring it up. I think there's Jared Stillman is on to something about he's been harping this and him and Joe Rexford got into it a little bit last week. You know, last year we kinda all downplayed the interceptions and and Stillman was. I remember to this day, the five interceptions, you know, on the first day of camp or whatever it was, and he said that's gonna be a prelude to what it was in the regular season. Whether that's truly connected or not, <laughs> there's no who evidence. knows. But there was something about the the things that led to the interception, the lack of playmakers being available, the offensive line being bad, you, nobody getting separation, all showed up yeah. in the regular season and reared its head. Since so, Stillman is is right now praising the fact that largely Tannehill has got his confidence back, he looks great, he he is sharp, he's on time. I mean, he may have an errant throw here and there, but every quarterback does, and. I think it shows in everything that you see. There's a, a just confidence, and I just can't get away with, with from it. And we've talked about it: how great he looks, and when he has confidence, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But his targets are pretty much rewarding him, right? Yeah, Traylon Burks, yeah. N.W.I. Robert, Robert Woods. Woods yep. But Chig Okonkwo is his, like, safety blanket. He loves Chig, and I think that is such a good sign. I think that is a takeaway you can take is that there is more confidence and more trust in these wide receivers that he doesn't even know. The only one he yeah. knows is Nick Westbrook-Akine, and he trusts all these new guys a lot more than he ever trusted Julio Jones, who was never available through... Uh, Offseason,
0: yeah. Uh, quick comment from from Easton Freeze, of course, from Broadway Sports Media. Des looked pretty good on Saturday without the pads. That's it's Patrick, that is today, was a complete reversal for him. I, I I tend to agree with that. I did not see Saturday. I was not at Saturday practice. I do uh, I do family stuff on the weekends. Um, I draw the line somewhere, Zach. But t- to your to your point about Tannehill, and again, I don't think we need to go to Stillman for this. Love you, buddy. But we said this on we the did. show. Yes. We said this on the show on Thursday that. He, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He, every There's a little extra juice in everything that he's doing because I, I, I don't know how, from a human element standpoint, you couldn't be affected by how last season ended and not come back extra motivated, especially when you talk openly about how much it affected you. So I think that's clearly what you're seeing. You're seeing lots of leadership. He said, He said today in the press conference that he was... He was tracking all the reps that the receivers that you're talking about were taking with the other guys. Yeah. He's like, oh, I saw Kyle Phillips get open on this route, on this drill. There
1: hasn't been a Kyle Phillips-Tannehill connection right. that you've seen in these team drills, really.
0: But to know that Tannehill saw the drill, saw the route, thought the route was accurate, and then thought, oh, he's got six yards of space, I would have made that throw. Like He in his head is already gaining trust, even if he wasn't running the rep. So. Yeah. I think that's again to take it. To it's sca- like he's quarterbacking
1: on another level that we really haven't seen <laughs> right, the whole time. I mean, for him, I'm not, not talk- talking about like another like MVP level or something. I'm saying it seems to me that he right now he's in a space that he hasn't really ever been in. I, I think he had some confidence heading into 2020, but it was like still shrouded in what can we really take away from 2019? It was a couple of games. He failed in the playoffs, and 2020 he kind of was the same one. Well, I just feel like yeah. his headspace. He's a different. He's in a different headspace, I, like we keep talking about, and I think that helps.
0: I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, to be fair, the greatest season Ryan Tannehill has ever had is when he came off the bench, like after a month of football. Right. So, like, we've got to be clear. We don't know exactly what elite Ryan Tannehill looks like preparing in, in camp because we've actually never technically seen that. Although he was very good in twenty twenty, again, COVID weird, all this other stuff. Right. Um. I. I think what's my my issue with. Overreacting to this, the interception thing, and even the chip on a shoulder, extra motivated, all that stuff is like, does it translate to mental mistakes? Because that's where I think Ryan got in trouble last year: was missing a blitz off the edge, or misreading, misdiagnosing a play, or not going through progressions, or and being sacked a lot. Let's be be very fair: the offensive line didn't help him much. To me, it's does that tr- does the extra motivation? Like, I can if see if you were it-
1: to make a pie chart for blame of Ryan Tannehill's season, I think it would be just. A bunch of little like pie slices but all the way around it's like there's like 1200 people share 1% of blame like it's it's ridiculous how much went wrong last year and I think you can take that away from things aren't going wrong so far this is kind of like trailing Burks right I mean you got cause for hope more so than you got cause for concern with the offense especially with Ryan Tannehill and to be honest, it's a good problem to have, in my opinion. I'd much rather... I know there are people that root for Tannehill's downfall because they want Malik Willis to be you better something not. he's not, you and we're going to get to that in a minute, because he's just not ready, which is okay. Sure. That's okay. But I, I think that if you're if you are looking for a team to have some success, the best way for this team to have success is if Ryan Tannehill gets back to 2019-2020 and
0: gives them a really hard decision next yes. year. Even though it's probably not that hard of a I, I'm more with you all, every day on this. Watching Malik Willis, it's not necessarily a Tannehill thing. It's like if he wants to restructure the deal, they are going to be better off with Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback next yeah. year. So we'll get to Willis in just a second, but that's because I also that, I've got to be careful because the lesson is don't overreact here. But I'm, I'm now I'm overreacting, so I got to be careful. But I my again my issue is. I see all the things you're talking about. I agree with all the things you're talking about. The practice has been fairly clean for Ryan Tannehill for a week and a half. The offense has been extremely healthy. He's getting reps with all of his players that he wants. They're all out there because, again, the first, literally the first series, we saw Julio Jones. He gets hurt last year in camp and is uh, didn't practice at all. And at least he's getting all of that stuff, and he's motivated. So all of that's really, really good. The question is, does it translate you know, to Buffalo on a Monday night in week two when you're down by six in the fourth quarter and you need a third and nine? isn't that like, what practice
1: is supposed to do? Practice yeah, I mean, is supposed yeah. to translate. So I, it's not like I'm saying, okay, obviously MVP discussion, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, right, he's going right, to be right, the right. best quarterback. But what I'm saying is that you could see from last year's start and what carried through all the way through training camp, it started day one. So, if the trend is, is that it's
0: going to carry all the way through training camp, day one has been great. Yep. No, you're right. Uh, there's no question. Like, again, t- same thing with Roger McCreary and Traylon Burks. They've been good every day of practice since they opened up camp officially last Wednesday. Both those rookies have been a- 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 just awesome the entire time. Another, the only rookie that has not looked uh, ready to go is Malik Willis. And I just want to list, I want to read off a list of names here, just, just, just. Bear with me here. This will not take all that long. But I've got a list of names. Every quarterback drafted in the third round. And I do all of this to just offer some expectation setting for fans. Because there's a reason he fell to, what was it, 86th in in the third round. The Titans passed on him three times. Every team in the NFL passed on Malik Willis essentially, in theory, twice, two and a half times for others. Here's every quarterback drafted in the third round in the last 12, 12 drafts. Kellen Mond. Davis Mills. Davis Mills might be the one that works. Nobody in 2020, Will Greer, Mason Rudolph, Davis Webb, CJ Beathard, Jacoby Brissett. Okay. Starter sometimes. Cody Kessler, Garrett Grayson, Sean Mannion, nobody in 2014, Mike Glennon, Russell Wilson. Okay. There's the one. Nick Foles. Not sure what he counts as. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, he can win you a Super Bowl, I guess. But he's not a starting quarterback. Yeah, he was for a little bit. Ryan Mallett, Colt McCoy. And what it strikes me as, this list of names, is they're all kind of the same level of player in the NFL. They are all replacement-level backup quarterbacks. Like, that is what all of these guys are. Like, C.J. Beathard got a couple starts. Mason Rudolph got a couple starts. You know, Davis Mills and Russell. Russell Wilson's the only starting quarterback in this entire list. So in 13 years... No player has been drafted other than Russell Wilson in the third round to play quarterback in the NFL and been a starter. So I just want to put that out there as an expectation set for Malik Willis because he has not looked like a starting NFL quarterback uh, in a week of practice. I will say this is that obviously
1: Russell Wilson is a special case, but if you're going to put Malik Willis's tra- traits up against those, all those quarterbacks you listed, it's going to be the closest to Russell Wilson. Right? I mean, he's not any. I mean, I mean, I don't his, you, his physical traits when you look at it, I mean, Cody Kessler, Sean Mannion. I mean,
0: so Ryan, they, Mall- they weren't anything.
1: I'd say Ryan Mallett Ryan probably Mall- has the arm huge, talent.
0: Huge arm, Ryan Mallett. Yeah. Um, I actually think Jacoby Bursett is a, 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 a talented okay. guy. Will Greer has a huge arm, but like is a little smaller. Yeah. I agree with your general assessment. Right. right that from like a, he's a
1: lot closer. I'm not saying he is Russell Wilson, but he's just yes. a lot closer to Russell
0: Wilson than he is Cody Kessler. From a raw athletic ability yeah. standpoint and the arm talents there. Like there there was a play in, in the very be very first team drills where Logan Woodside takes the snap, makes a perfect lightning quick read to dump it off to Dontrell Hilliard in the, in like running kind of down the sideline. And makes a perfect read, took him half a second to do it, decided exactly what he's supposed to do, and the ball was three yards wide. And I'm like, that's the Logan Woodside story, and the problem is, is, it's the other way sometimes with Malik Willis. That it's like he just is holding the ball. He's patting it. He doesn't like rolling to his left. He looks to tuck and run. He doesn't go. He, as expected, is not going through the progressions. And, right.
1: And, and I think I think process. that's the key to all this. And I think a lot of people think people are hating on Malik Willis. You know, don't turn Malik Willis into a martyr like you guys turned Marcus into one. It, like anybody that says anything negative, even if it is factually eff- true, then let let that be what it is,
0: which is a factual account of what happened. Yes, and also this is a this is a red shirt year, right? This is a year where he is not supposed to be a contributing member of this team. The no only- matter how much you wish it or will it into existence, it,
1: the plan is for Malik Willis to not have to see. significant starting snaps and that's been our stance all along is that this is not supposed to be yes none of this is supposed to make you freak out one way or the other you're not supposed to be scared or you're not supposed to hate the negative comments say whoa you're gonna really ruin it malik willis knows what's going on the coaching staff and everybody's gonna review everything so he's gonna see this those negative comments you've seen a tweet from someone that's at the the practices what do you think they're saying in the the coachings? That,
0: uh, Mike, Vrabel the s- Mike Vrabel said it probably out loud. Even, probably even a little bit more um, crass. He, <laughs> you know, he, he did it in the – Vrabel did it in the press conference. He's yeah. like, yeah, we need to work on decision-making. Like, that's that's it, like, period. Like And that's what it is. That's what anybody's
1: pointing out. Everybody's pointing out the flaws that we knew Malik Willis had going in. Now, there are some people who are, you know, stupid accounts that have said, oh, Malik Willis has no flaws. And I try to tell everybody he has flaws. And do they need to be so concerned with every little detail in his game, in his mechanics? No. But they gotta fix it enough to where he can utilize in the NFL his God-given athletic talent, that that arm, that the, the athletic ability, the throws that only he can make. They gotta utilize that. And to do that, they're gonna have to teach him. Yep. How to play in a pro style offense their way, and unfortunately, it's it's not happening as quick as you want it to happen. But if there's any coach staff that I believe in, it's this one to get that happen. And I think that Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly yes. and, Sean, and uh, Pat O'Hara can get the, him ready because they've been around when they got someone got Deshaun Watson ready. I just have faith. It's nothing to worry about one way or the other, not a concern. Let's worry about it till next year.
0: No, this is where two things are true. We can be we can be very honest about what we factually see from a player that clearly isn't doing all the things that make him ready to play and also be like, yeah, but he doesn't need to be ready to play right now. Again, barring a very serious long-term out-for-the-season type of injury for Ryan Tannehill, I don't think there's a situation where Malik Willis is really a piece of the offense this season. Um, Daniel says that that Dak, Dak Prescott was a fourth-rounder, and – Yes, I know that other players have been drafted. Daniel, you're correct. Tom Brady was in the sixth round. We all remember 199. Um, but that the, the point is just to look at. And again, I, I made that list of players not to rip on Malik Willis, yeah. but just to point out that it's very difficult to find a player who is good enough to play right away. In the th- like, there's a reason you fall to the third round, and and you're dra- and you're drafted in that situation. So I don't think there's any reason for panic. It's just a statement of fact. He is not prepared to play right now. He is not prepared to be a starter right now, and And we knew that he had major flaws. Right, every quarterback in this draft had major
1: flaws, one way or the other, and we all knew it. So this should not be a surprise that the the mental aspect and the speed of the game for a guy that's not played a pro style offense. This does not mean that he's an idiot or something. No, he's got. He just has never played in a pro style offense. He played in a really Malik Willis friendly offense with Liberty. And this is this can be a Malik Willis friendly offense. It just has to be to get to a point for Malik Willis to be
0: comfortable. Do you, do you want to throw Stoney's comments back up there again? Yeah, I can. Uh, can we take can we take victory laps for saying the Titans will keep three quarterbacks? I will let Zach do that because he convinced me. I said no way, that's not going to happen. Malik Willis will be ready. I'm Still having to convince people
1: because the they lap. think they think that Logan Woodside sucks, and you can see. Logan Woodside is a backup quarterback, right? He is He's like Jacoby Brissett, Sean Mannion, Nick Foles, all those guys you named. He's just like them, too, right? I don't think he's as good as this guy. <laughs> well, we don't really know, but probably not. But he knows the offense. He knows where the ball's supposed to be and how to get it there. Does it always go right on target? No. There's a reason why he's a backup quarterback, but there's also a reason why he has beaten starters like Trevor Simeon and Deshaun Kaiser, and then there's – uh the the Hogan Kevin Hogan and there's Matt, a reason why they're yeah, Matt Bargley. there's a reason why he's they're gonna carry three quarterbacks and this is the reason why you're seeing it Malik Willis barring some miraculous just light switch turning on in the next few weeks
0: is going to be technically quarterback three when yep. it's all said and done there's no question and here's the again to reiterate and that's okay it's the, it's okay that he, if if he had been drafted like Kenny Pickett in the top twenty we would be having a very different conversation right. about Malik Willis. But again, I, 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 I read off all those names of quarterbacks that are drafted in the third round, not to destroy Malik Willis, but to say that it's just very, very difficult to find a guy who's a legitimate starting quarterback in the third round. It's happened one time in the last 12 years. Maybe Davis Mills is number two, maybe. But here's the thing. Malik Willis has the physical tools that you pointed out, and he's got the, the, the work ethic. I think he's got the mental approach. That you need, so he's got the things that you want to have when you're when you're trying to build and become and develop into a quarterback that can start in the NFL. You got to have a good work ethic, be willing to bust your ass, and you got to have some talent. And he's got both those things right now going for him. So and he gets to learn from an offense that doesn't really want him to be a superstar elite playmaker. They want him to sort of manage things, and that's what Tannehill's supposed to do. So um, I I think they're in a good spot. I just don't expect to see too much Malik Willis in 2022. The, the, The good news is that it can only go get better. Yeah. Or it stays the same, and he's a backup quarterback that you spent a third-round pick on. Risk-reward. That's all it was. That's all it was. Always Always you you passed forward. on him three times. Yeah, and then you thought, you know what? The upside. I got I got. We got to do this. And you take they're it. they're rooting.
1: Let me say this. They are rooting for Malik Willis to be something that he is yet to be right now. They want him to be the guy. But it's not the end of the world if he's not. Especially if Ryan Tannehill's trajectory is continued from here all the way through the regular season, hopefully postseason.
0: So we haven't really touched too much on Roger McCreary. Um, Elijah Molden also out two days in a row, so that's something to keep an eye on. But... McCreary has just been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, Again, we, we touched on a little back, bit, but I, I do want to reiterate the defensive backs how great he is. he is. He is. He's been outstanding, and some of that's because Molden gave him a lot of chances because he's been out the last two days, and he's he's been very, very good. So um, I think the defensive backs are, are, are in really, really good shape. Uh, Daniel says maybe that's why Ryan is having such a great camp during <laughs> drafting a quarterback. A lot of fire I mean, under him. <laughs> a little fire I mean. under him. I, yeah, I mean, I, I it's I think it's to your point about the pie chart with like all the slices. Yeah. one of those little one percenters or two percenters or six percenters is like they drafted a guy to replace me. Right. Use that as motivation. Like I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, it just is is what it is. But um, you want to talk about this stupid judge of Deshaun Watson?
0: And oh, that's getting... yeah. We gotta do, we gotta do the, the the weird stuff here at the end. Um, all right, go, go Deshaun Watson. The judge rules, what, six games? Six games. Basically, even though
1: that she says in her statement that this is the most egregious thing the NFL has ever faced, she feels that the NFL was overreaching in trying to get more than six games because six games has been the standard. So instead of looking at it from six games times 20-something cases, or she actually was presented with uh, four or five cases, if I'm not mistaken. So instead of multiplying six by four or five at the very least she only took all these cases all these women and put them into one and said well sorry just because a uh no other NFL player has ever sexually assaulted 24 women i'm going to have to you know just treat you as the standard of these uh other cases and you're 6 months or 6 weeks suspended now this does not mean it's over because the NFL obviously was seeking for a year se- yeah they were obviously se-
0: seeking technically indefinite, but they would settle for a year, right? By the way, I'm laughing at the NFL's policies and structures, not the situation, because Roger Goodell did all of this, has all this time, spends all this time and effort to have this judge do this whole thing, and Roger Goodell can literally just do it, still whatever he wants. Right, and that's what it boils down to, is that they have three days, and I think that they're going to
1: appeal it. They'd be stupid not to appeal it, because it then goes, after three days, they appeal it, it goes to Roger Goodell, and he gets to basically hand out the punishment, which will then become either a year or still, and in if indefinitely suspend him, because that was originally what they, the NFL, wanted, and specifically Roger Goodell. So, you know, I am not. I'm mad at the judge, and I think her her statement and her uh, ruling is completely asinine, and um, you know, more more, just setting back. I feel like what these women are going through by another woman, which I just, I I, I can't compute, compute this. You can, you are allowed as an arbiter to, you know, interpret and be able to adjust and make new rulings and make new things happen. I mean, obviously by saying that, you know, it's not in the CBA, I'm still, he's, I have judged that he has to use club uh, certified masseuses from here on in. So obviously you're not too confined to the CBA, right? So... I just find it, I find it, just asinine the whole thing. I, and I and I'm, I'm I am awaiting for the course correction to be the NFL to come in and suspend him and find him more. Can't believe she didn't even find him.
0: Well, so I, I'm going to qu- sort of take this, in maybe a, a separate direction, but it's the same line of your thinking here. And that is like, I, I'm it's ne- it never ceases to me- to amaze me in this country what we will overlook for talent and opportunity and success. Right, and what this means like. There's obviously different standards. There's criminal standard right of guilt and innocence. There's like a civil court, there's a there's a, you know, without a without a shadow of a doubt, right, criminal. And then there's a preponderance of evidence, which is like civil. And then to me there's like this whole other real world we can live in yeah. where we don't even have to get into this other stuff. Where it's think about this, if you were an employee or an employer, any business in, in America, and this happened to one of your employees, are you keeping them? Right. you're not whether whether you can find guilt or innocence whether you know the civil cases are settled out of court and with disclosure agreements or whatever like if if you worked for me and you were accused of this by 24 women you're not going to work for me anymore so we have the freedom in this country as employers of people to make decisions that we think are right. <laughs> and this will come to no surprise. Doesn't, it doesn't happen in sports, it doesn't happen in politics. It doesn't happen in music. It doesn't happen with actors. It just if you're if you're badass at something, we will just let you get away with something up until a point in line where we can like prove it, I guess. And it's just I like there just there could be backbone involved in this because the fact that we're arguing about the number of games doesn't even happen with any other employee in any other business and any other walk of life. If you get accused of twenty-four sexual assaults or, or whatever the, the phrase is here, I don't want to misspeak. That uh, there's no way I'm employed by any company at that point. I'm not getting to keep my job. Doesn't matter if they can prove it or not. And I just don't. I don't. W- would, you can throw a football, great. So then you get to keep your job. You, you know, you can act on screen, you get to keep your job. You're a great guitar player, You get to keep your job. I, I just don't. I don't get it.
1: My my thing is is that everybody wants to bring up what he. They went to a grand jury, and they, you know, no criminal charges are brought to him. I encourage everybody to to Google uh, conviction sexual assault convictions in Texas and by the law. Okay, it is easier to. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's easier to get a gun than it is to get for a someone to get convicted of sexual assault.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's it's they have some of the strictest. I guess I would say burden of proof on the accused or the accuser on the accuser to have to present to some of the strictest in the nation to, so basically if you're accused of sexual assault or in Texas, you probably have a pretty good chance that you're, you're going to be found innocent because of how hard it is and how stringent the rules are to, to get that passed. And so, I think that the people shouldn't be looking at. Well, he didn't get convicted
0: of criminal, you know, offense. So that, that means that's, he's that's, innocent. That, that well, no, that's my, not true. But that's where my that's where my point lies because I can hear all the bullshit excuse making. Like I can already hear it exactly like you're saying. Well, we we went we have a court of law for a reason in this country. We went through the court of law and he wasn't found guilty. And we have a civil court of law in this country for a reason. And we went through the civil process and he signed a bunch of NDAs and paid all his victims off. But like we don't know really what happened. Like again, if you sell insurance or you work for a bank. Or if you are a, an auto mechanic, any other walk of life in American society, if this happens to you, you don't need to be guilty of anything and you don't need to be found guilty in a civil court to be fired from your job. <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous. It's, just, but it's not a thing we do in any other walk yeah. of life except for these great famous people that we think are super talented. Right. And I'm, I'm just here for the NFL to suspend them for a full year because that's sign, eventually going to happen. Sign me up. You think it's going to happen? Yeah. You think it'll stick?
1: Yeah, what are they going to do? They've said that they're not going to appeal the arbitration ruling. The NFLPA All right. already did. All right. Why wouldn't it stick? What right. are they going to do? Sue
0: the NFL? I hope you're like, right, man. Who gives a shit? I hope They don't right. care. Speaking of who gives a shit, A.J. Brown's Twitter account. Don't give a shit. No. That's it. In, next, next subject. In fact, not next
1: subject, because <laughs> I have written an open letter to Titan's Twitter, <laughs> and I would like to read it. To whom it may concern, This is an open letter to anyone who is still clinging to A.J. Brown's every tweeted word. He is an idiot, a loser, and most notably a liar. Trust me, your life will be better if you focus on the players on your own team. While A.J. Brown is throwing temper tantrums at Darius Slay and starting locker room fights in Philly, Traylon Burks is here doing spectacular touchdown grabs. He also is doing something more players should do, not tweet. (laughs) While A.J. Brown is feuding with reporters in Philly, Kyle Phillips is breaking ankles every day. He has several ankles of defensive players mounted on his wall. (laughs) While A.J. Brown is struggling to catch inaccurate passes from his BFF, Tannehill is throwing dimes to Chico Konkwu, who has become a reliable target for Tannehill. While A.J. Brown is being horrible at contract math, Jeffrey Simmons is batting passes down and practicing even without a new contract. While A.J. Brown is name searching on Twitter, Roger McCreary is putting on a clinic, snatching up numerous past breakups. A.J. Brown is incapable of moving on. He's a stage five cleaner. But I encourage you all to try and not to try to outdo him and cling to him. Uh. He left you. He didn't want to be here unless he's being paid more than he is now. It's not about the fans with him. It's not about the city or the team with him. It's all about the green, and that's okay. But let him go. So as a vow and a show of unity, this will be the last time I'll reference anything AJ Brown tweet related on this show. AJ Brown has become Isaiah Wilson for me. A topic I have no interest in discussing and rehashing weekly. If AJ Brown tweets are to be discussed further on the show, Braden will talk the entire segment <laughs> and I will remain silent until the next topic is up. The only time I'll take AJ talk AJ Brown is if he grows wings, flies into space, commits a crime, or plays against the Titans in the regular season. I encourage you to do the same. Please take these words to heart, store them in your mind, and take action to block, mute, or just unfollow his stupid account.
0: Thank you. (laughs) She was my first Asian. (laughs) Weiss Lickers, everybody. This rant brought to you by Weiss Lickers, everybody. I wish I had to cheers. You know, I had some liquor. Oh, uh, well done. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Here's the one thing here's here's the extra motivation that you all need for this. No one wants to hear me talk for the entire segment. So Yeah, there you go. So that's all the motivation you need. This is what exactly what I did with um I think I was talking about Pro Bowls
1: or something. I was just tired of talking about Pro Bowls. And I just oh, let God. Mike and same thing. Mike and Michael talk the whole time. And then they were like, Are you gonna say anything? I'm like, I told y'all guys I wasn't gonna talk if we talk about the subject, so And here it is.
0: This rant brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Weiss Liquors. 1932, almost 100 years of serving the wonderful people of Nashville. You can go to Uber Eats and search Weiss Liquors, and they will deliver the booze to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. Go check them out, of course. Use the 440 name when you go in there to buy some booze. If you do go in... And uh, you'll get ten percent off. So basically, tax-free booze if you go to Weiss and use the four forty name. Closest liquor store to Titan Stadium as well. So when we get closer to the season and you want to tailgate, make sure you check out Weiss Liquors, of course. So uh, I'm not going to miss the opportunity to bring this rant to you by uh, by Weiss Liquors. So um, we have announcement. Uh, that was our big announcement on the show today. We got some more announcements coming for you guys. So don't uh, stay tuned. Uh, to to all the tur- turn all the notifications on. Right, do all that good stuff. Tell everybody what they can do with the notifications. I know there's one more topic. Just settle down. Yeah. I'll turn on
1: all the notifications. it lets let you know whenever we go live, there's going to be all kinds of content coming down the pipeline that you're not going to want to miss. Big, exciting changes. Mm-hmm. And the only way you get to know those changes first is if you turn on those notifications. Yep.
0: And a lot of stuff coming. Like, I'm not just not just for this show, but for a lot of other shows across the 440 Sports Network. So a lot of cool stuff coming. Uh, Football and other F-words as well. So make yep. sure you got that turned on. Just turn on all the notifications. BuildKG.com is the website. For Kingston Group, who's been a great sponsor for us for the entire network for the better part of almost two years now. Again, buildkg.com. Nobody trusts independent contractors. Use one company, one nose tail firm for all your house problems, issues, and renovations, custom builds, you know, whatever. Yeah. Buildkg.com, the Kingston Group, locally owned, award winning, custom home and remodeling firm. I don't know why I can say that entire thing exactly perfectly, and I cannot say live at the Cast Collective Studio in the heart of Nashville on Music Row. It's a, a mean, mental block. I did it all right there, I guess. Uh, okay, wrapping up, this, uh, wrapping up this episode. Microphone's still working, of course. Yes. You went to a wrestling match on Saturday night? I went night?
1: to not only a wrestling match. I went to many wrestling matches on Saturday night mm. that culminated in a something called a pay-per-view, or now they call it a premium live event, which give me a break on that. A PLE? Yeah, PLE. It's going to be pay- pay-per-view for me for the rest of my life. Uh, but it's SummerSlam and it was amazing. I mean, I saw, I saw all kinds of people. I saw, um, a Curtis who's a follower on Twitter. I met up with him. I saw, I think I saw David Reed was there. I saw. You were
0: there uh, with all the Sobros guys, right? Yeah, I was there with the Sobros guys.
1: And, uh, I was, I saw Christopher Martell. I saw a couple of other friends. I mean, I saw all kinds of people that were there. Not surprised at any of those names so far. Yeah. It, it, It was great. It was a great show. Um, you know, the stadium was packed. The crowd in person was hype and seemed really good. And it seemed like everybody enjoyed the show that watched at home as far as the reviews coming in forward. Of course, as Vince McMahon recently retired. Triple H did a lot of the creativity to wrap up some feuds and start up the shows. Can ask, uh, yes. Can I ask a question? Uh, what makes
0: a great show?
1: I think the fans, first off, do. But I think the ma- the quality of the matches. It doesn't really matter who wins or who loses as much as what matters is the story that is told inside the ring. So like, do they have, good, so they have spots.
0: Do they have good writers?
1: I think they do now, or at least yeah. the writers are going to be given more creativity at at this point because now it's not Vince McMahon running the show. I tried as man. a uh, as a monarchy, I guess, or a dictatorship, <laughs>
0: authoritarian. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But uh Love a good authoritarian. I, I, it was great, Stony w- and I. We commented. Uh, we did commentary for all the matches since we do not get to hear commentary inside the stadium.
0: The worst part was, it, though, was everybody around you okay with oh, it? Yeah, they loved it.
1: <laughs> okay. um, the worst part of the show was the fact that when the lights or when the sun went down, there was one light on each side of the stadium for the people that were in the end zone seats that were blinding everybody in those seats and everybody we there were chants started in the stadium turn that light off turn that light off. i think there was one that said turn the fucking light off too <laughs> and you know i tweeted I like that about part. it and but they that light stayed on the whole time so we're having to do something like this to even be able to see what was going on in the ring mm. or up on the jumbotron good yeah so the, the I uh, don't know if that's a Nissan Stadium production issue or WWE production issue, but that if they come back for another pay per view inside that venue and it goes into the night, which they typically all do, they need to get that corrected. I, so, other than that, I thought Nashville showed out. I thought Nashville right. did a great job. Uh, the the seats because they only allowed a certain number of tickets be available. WWE did. I read it today. So half the stadium was tarped off. They only used half the stadium, or I guess three-quarters of the stadium for the show itself. That had nothing to do with Nashville. That's just how they wanted to do it, probably based on previous ticket sales at other places. But Tennessee filled it all up. Nashville filled it all up. And the Titans players,
0: they thoroughly enjoyed it. And there were numerous, yes, numerous Titans were. players there. Now, I was, there, I was out there at practice for a Ric Flair. And while I know, I know how big his name is and what he means to the community... And certainly saw how much it meant to Vrabel into the Titans and all that other stuff. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I understand. I don't. I've tried to understand. I've tried to watch. I, I you know, I watched Hulk Hogan as a kid. I tried to under like get what it is that's bringing it out here. Uh, Sean says, "Great to, to meet you on Saturday." I met so, all kinds I, of people. It was great. Sean was great. I, you guys were amazing. Sean wonderful. bought me a lot of beer. <laughs> now that's a good way to be friends. Uh, Stony says, "Good writers and wrestlers executing in the ring." Now here, but here's my issue with the whole thing because I think I've thought, I've tried to, I've tried to be. Crit- Critical of the act of wrestling in less in like a more sophisticated way than just like oh that mouth breathing redneck wrestling is stupid. I'm trying to do it a little bit more thoughtfully and be more nuanced and try to get into it and figure it out. And it's what I what I keep landing on is that if I wanted any at one aspect of wrestling, I can go get something better somewhere else. So if I want the fight, I'm gonna go watch boxing or MMA. If I want the acting and the writing, I'm gonna go watch Hamilton, which was at T-Pac and would be way better. Writing and acting. But and why thinking.
1: do why go to two separate hang on, resources hang on.
0: when you can just have it in one place? If I want the if I want the the lingerie, I'm just going to go watch porn. Like I don't, like I don't understand. Well, I watch porn for the nudity. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like if I want some sexual appeal, I'll just go watch the naked people. I don't need to watch the people that are sort of naked. Yeah. I I just it's it's like I can't. I feel like all of the each of these pieces is well below what it could be. If I want the violence and the athleticism, I'm going to go watch football or. You know, like, something that is...
1: Uh, let me say something. You know, if you, you want see to I'm see saying? athleticism, WWE's got athleticism. I don't deny I, there, that. I don't deny that. Yeah. I mean, it, let,
0: we gotta, you got to understand the cardio that goes into... I don't deny like, that. not a match and, frank, and all that and, kind of stuff. And I'm all for, like, I understand the background. about Like, the athletes don't get treated well, and yeah. they have to be pumped full of steroids, and they get on a plane and fly to the next event, and they're not taken care of. There's no union. Like, I'm I'm all for, like, sort of understanding the back end of how tough it is on the athlete itself. It just feels like there's well, we'll end it on this a lot quick. of stuff that could just be better elsewhere. It, it's it's not better elsewhere because
1: you're not getting the full It's When you combine all the good things of all those things that you're saying into one
0: package... It sounds like a bad double album is what no, it sounds like. No, just th- cut out half the shit and make one good this album. This is
1: like Them Crooked Vultures. If I could put it into something, this <laughs> is you're taking a, the best piece out of a couple different bands and putting them together into this, and and right now is the time to jump back into wrestling because Vince McMahon
0: is is gone. Okay. So for those that don't know, that's a, a phenomenal album. Uh, Dave Grohl is in there. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin is the bass player, and so I like it's a super band basically. Yeah. The problem is that when the super band comes together, in your example here. That I could argue that album is better than all the other band's albums. Well, that's <laughs> this, what I'm this saying is this. Not is not better than Hamilton, performative wise. It, it's not better than boxing, it violence can be, wise. Because it's a different kind of performance, but all it right. can be. I feel like you're taking like half of all the good stuff and putting it all together. No, nah, I'm not, you're not making a, it like a wall I would, I, would, I would agree with you
1: bef- before the new era is now starting. Right. The, the revolution is here. All right. Tri- Triple H is a totally different being than Vince McMahon.
0: The revolution is here. Uh, you know what else? Weiss Liquors is here, baby. Weiss Liquors is here. Uber Eats. You can get booze deliver, delivered right to your house, right to your office, maybe. Just maybe delivered in the parking lot. I don't know. Uh, Build KG, of course. Uh, BuildKG.com, the Kingston Group, Football and Other F-Words, Broadway Sports Media, 440 Sports YouTube page, all the other great stuff. Follow Zach on Twitter, at f Pod. You can follow me, at Braden Gall, as well. And look, you can even see down here now. Look at that. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and persevering through all of our adversity today. Uh, we are in tra- training camp mode as well. For Zach, I'm Braden. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for commenting. We love you guys. This has been A Football